Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Testimony. Now I'm alive. This is 
that God took me not from bad to good, but from dead to alive. And he can do that in your life today. No matter what you are going through with God today, he wants to move in you. He is here and he wants to, for you to invite him in. And this next song is a reminder that no matter what you're going through today, your circumstance, God is there in the midst of it. And he has a plan for you. And maybe you don't see it, but he's working. So let's lift this up to our God today. You are here, working in our midst. I worship you.
your struggle and your pain.
Do you believe that this morning? I'll say it again. Jesus changes everything, church. He takes those dry bones and he brings us to life again. He takes those marriages, he takes those relationships that are just struggling and going through any season of doubt, any season of struggle in our life, and he makes it glorious for his purpose, for his, for his glorious purpose. He can change our hearts and he can do it today. And I love the line in that song that says, I believe there's a miracle here in this room. Do you believe it on this Father's Day Sunday? Come on, man. Let's go. Well, speaking of Father's Day, let's give it up big for all the dads in the house. Dads, where are you at? Come on, dads, where are you at? Can I get a Oh, that feels good. Not too many Sundays you can do that. But Father's Day, here we go. And I'm going to tell you what, man. We've got a lot of fun things planned. Dads, did you notice the donut wall out there? Looks good. And you know what? Because, you know, dads, we're, we're loving and generous. You know, everyone can have a donut. Moms, kids, men, women. You know what? That, that's for you. You know what? From, from us dads that realize that's for you. Dads, did you notice that dragster out there out front? Now, look, this is going to sound kind of weird, right? Like I'm bragging or something. That was actually an early Father's Day gift from my wife, Holly. So uh, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, she parked it out there for us. I don't know if I'm going to fit it in or not, but but for real, I'm joking. We want to give a huge shout out to Terry and Dee Glasscock for bringing that in. They're right over there. Give it a big for them, man. That is so cool. How awesome is it that they brought that out there for us? So feel free to let the kids look at that, get some family photos taken by there. That's going to be awesome. You know what, dads? I know another cool thing about Father's Day is uh, that our, our wives or significant others like to give us, like to give us some projects. So dads, you might have noticed that uh, concrete busted up out there. That's for us right after the second gathering. So if you want to stay, we're going to get the tools out. Sean's got some tools. Barry's got some tools. We're going to get to work today. Is that, no, no one's cheering that one. Okay, awesome. Well, that, that's okay. Uh, just kidding. You know what? K uh, Kentucky Trail Belton School is making some much needed renovations to the property here. And uh, what I love about Sean's heart is just, you know what, a lesser pastor would have said, hey, we'll take a couple weeks off. Uh-uh, not Sean Petrie, not Sean Petrie. Give it up for Sean. You know what? We keep this train moving. Papa Sean on Father's Day. Love you, man. Happy Father's Day. Papa Sean. I, I like that. Sounds good. We are so honored to have you, though. And let me say, if you're kind of, if you're new today and you're wondering, like, who's this weirdo? My name's Drew, and I am so glad you're here. And all the stuff that I've rattled off this morning has really been with you in mind, because we believe that Real Life Church is a place that you can come with your family, and you can just have so much fun while you worship God and get connected. So if you're brand new, I want to say welcome, and I want to say welcome to Real Life Church Online. Everyone in the room, can you welcome Real Life Church Online this morning? Yeah, let them hear you. We love you online, so throw up those likes and those hearts throughout the gathering today, and we just want to keep worshiping with you big. And everybody in the room, we are so glad you're here on this beautiful summer Sunday, this Father's Day. I just want to encourage you to look around, tell a dad happy Father's Day, but greet everyone around you, make someone feel welcome, and then have a seat. Man, we're glad you're here. We're going to keep this dragster moving this morning. You know, if you are brand new, I got an action step for you. If you're brand new today and you're online, I want you to click the link that you're seeing right now there in the stream in the comments. If you're in the room today and you're brand new, I invite you just to get your phone out and text 
RL New to 97,000, or you can open up your camera app and scan the QR code on the seat back directly in front of you. Any one of those options take you to the same place. You see, we have a follow-up crew, follow-up team that would just love to reach out to you this week, completely digitally, check in on you, answer those questions you might have about Real Life Church and see how can we be praying for you this week. We're just so pumped you're here. You know, you might have that phone out right now. Um, can I also encourage you, find your calendar app and I just encourage you, pencil in the next three Sundays. I'll, since it's summer, I'll say the next three that you're in town. And just go ahead and put on there for 9.30 or 11. I'm going to go to Real Life Church. I'm going to go back. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to get connected. I'm going to hear a word from God. And I am going to start my week on the right foot. I'm going to tell you what, folks. We would love to have you here with us. Also, if you're brand new, don't leave without stopping by our new here booth in the hub. We'd love to put a name to a face and we would love to give you just a small gift as our way of saying thank you so much for being here with us on Father's Day at Real Life Church. Real Life Church, church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And we firmly believe that's not a mission created by a man. That is what God has called us to do here in Cass County and the surrounding areas. And I just pray, I hope, and I encourage you, if you don't feel like you're currently walking on mission with us, man, we have room for you. And more importantly than that, that'd be a huge honor to serve with you. We would love to have you join us on mission. If you don't know what that looks like, you could talk to any one of us that's been up on stage this morning in any capacity or anyone in the hub wearing a name tag. We would love to tell you more about that. Well, guys, we've kind of talked about this before, but it just rings so true. There are voices in your life. There's voices in my life that just every day are telling us we're not good enough. They're telling us that what we're doing isn't enough. Who we are is not okay. They're telling, they're basically just trying to drag us down and bring us down. But praise God, we have a God that changes lives. We have a God that transforms. And today you are going to hear some stories from some people that God has used in a big way. All, not for their glory, but for his. So I just invite you to lean in today and I promise you, God is going to do something awesome in this room today when you hear these stories and you just reflect on what a powerful God, a God of life change. So to get things rocking and rolling, please welcome to the stage, Sean Petrie. Will you make him feel welcome? Happy Father's Day, Sean. Thanks, Drew. Hey, happy Father's Day, everybody. Oh man, today is going to be a really exciting day. And uh, honestly, this is probably my favorite Sunday we do all year round on the dock. Hey, Barry's about to push me over the stage. I like that. So, oh man. But today is Transformation Sunday. So here's what it looked like. We have six different speakers sharing their story transformation in five minutes apiece. So you're going to hear a bunch of different people today. I know Dan's excited about this. So uh, all different stories. And uh, you know, you guys have a story. And I believe this, God is trying to get into your presence. Uh, God has been fighting to get in your presence. And I know a lot of you guys come in today tired and weary and all of life's going on. I also encourage you uh, just to sell our hearts on the things of God as I invite these speakers up here in a second. And all I want to do is just pray, uh, just kind of slow it down a little bit and pray and invite you guys just to drop anything that's between you and Jesus today. Uh, these stories are their story, but you guys have a story. And there's no good story and bad story. It's all Jesus stories. Amen. 
And so we're not like, oh, I wish I was that guy. I wish I, no, 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 God's writing your story. And so I want to pray and just invite God's presence into this place and invite you to just drop anything that may be between you and him today. So we pray with me, Father God, we just come before you. And God, I pray you just strip away anything that's just of us. God, that when people see us, God, they see you. And so God, I pray you just increase in our life. God, that you are greater. God, that we are less. God, that we just do something in our soul today, God, we can never do on our own. I pray you'd speak through each of these individuals, these, these men and women sharing their stories, God, and we can look and say, to God be the glory. And for some of us, we're walking in that same season, but we've walked in the, the shoes that these people have seen, and God, I pray that you just speak a word into our lives, God. I pray you'd speak something into our heart, God, to drive a stake into our soul and that we would be different today. And so, God, I pray for transformation, not just for people on the stage, God, for every single person in this room, people watching online. So, God, I pray you just do something only you can do. God, I pray there's anything between you and us, God, we just set aside that, that sin's not welcome here, selfishness isn't here. God, we just strip it away and we're going to look at you. So, God, speak through these speakers, God. Use them today to stir our hearts and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's going to be an exciting time. I want you guys to just give a big welcome to every person uh, that's going to come on stage. For most people, this is the first time they've been on the stage and, uh, and shared, and uh, they're probably nervous, and you guys get the ability to cheer them on. You guys ready to cheer them on? All right, come on. It's tons of fun. So I'm going to introduce them in the order in which they're going to speak. They're going to come up here on the stage. They're going to hang out the whole time. They're going to go back to back to back to back. And uh, I love when the audience uh, cheers down and shouts down when people are speaking. So if there's room to have fun and laugh and cheer, I want you guys to do that. You can take an average speaker to a great speaker by just giving some motivation. So I'll be in the front row shouting them down, saying all awesome stuff. But anyway, so give it up for our speakers. Come up. Randy Smith. Come on, give it up for Randy. The man, the myth, the legends. If you don't know Randy, you're going to get to know Randy. Top dad, by the way. Love the shirt. Incredible. All right, Tommy, come up here. Tommy Pinsarim, come on, big boy. Dude, this guy is passionate, ready to share, excited. Holly Holcomb, come on up here. Dude, she's got a word, I'm telling you. Bree Bradley, where you at, Bree? Oh, come on. I have a feeling Bree is gonna preach down the house. I heard her earlier at the microphone, she started rapping and going crazy. She's ready, so that's awesome. Uh, Jared Taylor, where you at, big boy? The man, the myth, the legend. I know God's put a word on his heart. And then last but not least is Tim Phelps. Where you at, Tim? Man, I appreciate you guys getting ready to share. And um, I'm telling you, God is just going to use this today. So, man, open your hearts, open your souls. Give it up for Randy Smith. Come on, Randy. Um, it is really early for me. I go to the second service. I'm what you call a solid 1115er. Seriously, I roll in at 1115. I'm like, I'll catch the songs on K-Love. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard the full set of songs. That's the honest God truth. So it was wonderful. Good job, Holly. Beautiful voice. Anyway, so uh, Sean introduced me as Randy. But my Christian name is David Randall Smith. And my, my parents did a good job in naming me David. Because in the Bible, David is called a man after God's own heart. And that's what I try to be. As a matter of fact, in 1 Samuel 13, 14, it says, The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him his people. 
And then God also testify or, or, uh, uh, for David in Acts 13, 12, and it said, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. So I literally have tried to be a man after God's own heart my whole entire life. Um, I, I, I'm not perfect. Everybody thinks I had this great life. No, I haven't. I've had my ups and my downs, my trials, my victories, my losses. Uh, growing up, I had a great spiritual guide. It was my mother. She was always trying to instill God into us. As a matter of fact, we had this picture, this exact picture, and it hung up in the kitchen. And anytime I did something wrong, she'd be like, would you do that in front of Jesus? <laughs> no, Mom. Would you, you tell Jesus that? So my mom was always my spiritual guide, and, and she did a great job of it. Um, and so, uh, um, you know, she always instilled, well, I, I heard a thousand times, God will take care of us. God will take care of us. Because I came from a divorced family. Um, it, Dad made all kinds of money, didn't share with us. And, uh, but my mom, she, she always heard God will take care of us. So then as I got older, um, I always tried to make it to church. I had friends I would call on to take me to church. I, I had a really great family. The Palmers, they would pick me up. They took me to church camp. Because not that my mom didn't go to church, but she was more like, she just knew her relationship with God. And, and she always says, you know, going to church doesn't make you any more a Christian than staying in a garage makes you a car. Because she had a relationship. I mean, but going to church is where iron sharpens iron. And so I always appreciate it. So that's where my thirst I wanted to go to church. And so when I got older, um, I drove myself to church. And one Sunday, I don't remember what I had done the night before, but I did not feel like going to church. And my grandmother would stay with us on the weekends. So she comes in, she flips on the light, and I'm like, I remember the lights hitting me like these. And I was like, I was like, Grandma, I don't want to go to church. And she turns off the lights. She walks down the hallway, and I hear her little footsteps. And then I hear her come back. And she turns on the lights, like as God told her to do this, and says, if God's ever taken a day off from you, you stay in bed and turn the lights back off. <laughs> so it sounds like a guilt trip, but I think it was her own little sermon. Seriously. And so every Sunday, I hear Grandma's voice, God rest her soul, get up and go to church, even if it is at 11.15. So then, fast forward a little bit further. Now I'm in college. I play football in college. I'm the head bouncer of the biggest bar in college. I have more access to free booze and women than what a young man should have that is not mature. I got so far away from God that I stopped talking to my mom for almost six months because she was my spiritual guide. I didn't want to hear what I was doing was wrong. I didn't want to hear, oh, you shouldn't do that, Randall. I didn't want to hear that, so I tuned that out. But you know, my mom didn't grip really tight. She knew to give me a little bit of, a little bit of room. And she knew, she, she, she knew how she raised me. She knew that I was a man after God's own heart. She knew my heart. She knew what I wanted. So she let me come back around. And I remember it was November and I went into my football coach and I was like, coach, I'm, I'm over the edge. I got to go home. I, I said, I don't care if I lose my scholarship. Uh, if you lose yourself, what else do you have to lose? 
And so I said, I'll be back to take finals. And I went and told all my teachers that, and they, they were good with it. And I went home, found myself, came back, took finals, and started back over in the next semester. And so uh, anyway, that happened. And uh, uh, now I'm, I'm now in my middle 20s. And I would drive myself to church. If my Jeep broke down, I would literally walk to church. And people knew that. And so now I'm like, I think I'm 27, 28, and I'm starting to have doubts. Like, why am I having doubts? And uh, so I go to my church, and I, and I go talk to the minister. And I sit down, and I start telling her what's going on in my brain. And uh, she looks at me. She goes, are you questioning God? And I'm sitting there like, I knew the answer. God knew the answers. And I, I, embarrassingly, I said, yeah, I am. Immediately, with no condemnation, she goes, good. Good to question God my whole life. I wasn't supposed to do that. She goes, no, God wants you to question him. Because until you question him, you just regurgitate everything everybody else has told you. Now that you question him and you find him, you have your own testimony, your own two feet you can stand on. And, and, and you can stand in any room and have any conversation about God because now you have found him. Matter of fact, I, I found a couple verses in 2 Corinthians 13.5. It says, examine yourselves to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. I was testing myself. I was testing my faith. And I found comfort in this because I was okay. And then in Proverbs, it says this, a simple man believes everything but the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. I wasn't really questioning God, I was giving thoughts to my steps. Am I stepping the right way? Am I going the right way? Like I was growing the whole time. And, and again, I'm after God's own heart, he's pulling me along. So now I'm in my early 30s. I'm having more struggles because in life you're gonna have struggles. I was getting struggle with temptation. All kinds of stuff, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to be a man. I'm, I'm 47 and probably still don't know how to be a man. So I do what I only know what to do is I, I go to my church. And uh, when I walk in, I want to talk to the head minister. They said, well, he's not here. I'm like, oh, rats. But we got a youth minister. And I'm like, a youth minister? I'm not a kid. I, I want a man conversation. But God knew what he was doing. He's put all these people in front of me. And so I go in there and I talk to him. And first off, we start talking and he hands me the greatest thing anybody's ever handed me. And, and that's a study Bible because it, it, you read it and you go through and, and it tells you what this stuff means in biblical times and it helps you understand it. So I would strongly suggest getting one of those. But then he looks at me and he goes, uh, have you ever staked your life for Christ? I'm like, staked my life for Christ? I'm like, okay. He goes, no, have you ever staked your life for Christ? And he turns around, and he's got this box full of these wooden stakes. And he brings it, and he taps it on his, on his desk. He goes, have you ever staked your life for Christ? I'm looking at him. He knows I'm not really following him. And he goes, I'll tell you what we do with our youth. Is we hand them this stake, and we tell them to write a verse on it. And then we tell them to take it out and stake it in the ground. So you're mentally, spiritually, and physically staking your life for Christ. And so I took the stake, and I went to my house, and I got my hammer, 
And I got my Sharpie, and I went down by the riverbank. And I was sitting there thinking, what, what can I, you know, put on there? And the only verse that came to mind was Corinthians 10, 13. And it's, no temptation has ever overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But he, with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you will be able to endure it. So I took and I wrote Corinthians 10, 13 on the stake. And I, I found a little tree, and I took my hammer, and I pounded it in the ground next to that tree, hoping it would grow. And it was so powerful because with every whack of that hammer, there was more conviction and more conviction and more conviction. Man, it was powerful. And so, uh, you know, there's a throne of your life and God wants to sit on it. And several times you'll allow him to sit on that throne. Sorry, guys. And you will take it back from him. But he's always willing to set back down on it for you. And no matter how many times you do this dance, God's ready to sit on the throne of your life. And on that day, on March 23rd, 2007, I let God have the throne of my life, mentally, physically, not on the fence, not toe in the water, fully immersed. And in the spirit of Father's Day, you might be cooking steaks for your dad today, but if you wanna give the Heavenly Father a gift, give him a steak. I put some right there, so if you feel like grabbing one, feel free. I'm going to talk about a prayer that was answered several years ago in 2014. My dad had a massive heart attack in front of me. He said he, was, uh, he, said he didn't feel very good and collapsed on the ground in the middle of the road. I picked him up and I took him off the road. At the time, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I just knew that it's something bad. He said, I'm scared. I called the ambulance immediately. I've never seen my dad scared of anything in his life. He's never been a fearful man. He started shaking, and then he quit. I'm on the phone the ambulance. I said, he's doing better. He quit shaking. He was dead. He died in front of me. They grabbed him and picked him up, put him in the ambulance. And I was freaking out, and I was pounding on the door. And I was like, you need to leave. You need to leave. It was a little bit of shock. They said, guy come in and goes, people don't come back from dying, but we're going to try. But we have to stop and try right now. I hit the ground. I started praying. I didn't, I was a very new Christian, only a few months in. I didn't really know what I was even doing, but I started praying. God spoke to me. He says, you have, he has one more chance. As soon as he said that, that door opened. They said, they don't know how, but he's alive. I've never not believed in God since that day. I've seen other prayers that didn't make sense answered, but that one was absolutely probably the strongest, and I'll never forget it. I have the newspaper here of the people that got awards for that because he was not supposed to be back alive. They got an award for it. Um, you know, Matthew 7, 7, 
you ask and he will receive. If, if it's God's will, he will do it. He answered that prayer so I could tell people about that prayer so they could have faith like that. And this is the first time I've ever said it publicly. I've told people that story. But I do know I was supposed to speak this. I'm going to. That's it. All right. God's going to use it. That's what I'm saying, first of all. Um, But I'm a type A perfectionist by nature, if you don't know me. He says, come on. He knows it. (laughs) I'm a one on the Enneagram, which categorizes me as principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionist. I've grown up as a pastor's kid and walked with God for over 20 years. And for the majority of those years, I let those labels force me into a mold and let the pressure others put on me and the pressure, honestly, that I put on myself cause me to stumble and be stuck. It would feel so suffocating at times, so much so that I just stay stuck or honestly kind of even paralyzed and I just couldn't make any decisions. I knew that God was calling me to something more, but I thought surely he's going to move on to somebody else who's better qualified, who can get unstuck, who can move on and do what he's called them to do. He placed people in my life over and over to affirm the calling that he gave me. People that didn't let me stay stuck, and they encouraged me to step out and do what I had been feeling all along over all those years. You know, back when Drew and I got married, um, I told him, I will never, ever, ever, I think I said ever a few more times, but be in a paid ministry position. I love serving the church. I love volunteering, but no way am I ever going to work for the church I honestly think that God probably chuckled that day at my foolish statement, and then he pursued me even harder. We began church shopping, Drew and I, and over the course of five years, we hopped in and out. We joined a few churches. We loved serving God together, but I never took that step, and I never allowed myself to get too involved because I was afraid they were going to ask me for more. Five years ago, we found Real Life Church in their pre-launch phase, And when we opened the door to that first intrasocial, I could almost feel it in like a physical sense that God was saying, this is it. Take a step. And honestly, as I, as we, it was at the Germain's house, if you know them, and the door opened and all these people. And as I took that step over the threshold, I could feel it. Both Drew and I jumped in feet first. We served in whatever roles and capacities they needed. And over the last five years, I've grown so much in my walk with God. I've learned to replace those labels that I gave myself and others gave to me with the truth of God. It was a choice that I made to be bold and finally say yes to him after years of pursuit. I did what I said I would never do and became part of the staff team here, and God is just continuing to refine me. But I tell you that story to encourage those of you who, like me, have felt stuck Or maybe you currently feel stuck and you can't make those choices. You feel paralyzed in your walk with God. Maybe you feel that God is calling you to take a step, but like me, you don't feel qualified. There is a way out from under that. Let's look at John 5, 1 through 9. 
Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there and is an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he'd been there in that condition for a long time, he asked, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid said, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else always gets there before me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. I want to pull out a few truths from that story that really hit me as I was reading it. And I really think it will apply to your life as well if you've been in that situation that I have. One is how long the man had been waiting there to get unstuck, to get healed. 38 years. It's older than I am. I can't imagine all the things he missed out on in the waiting. You know, starting a family, making friends, seeing his family grow. All the things he missed, staying stuck. Don't get stuck or waiting to change or heal for 38 years, or for me, like 20. The second truth from that is that he was surrounded by people that were just like him. The blind, the paralyzed. It said there were hundreds of sick people. And I don't know about you, but don't you find it easier to stay stuck and to stay hurt and to not change when you're around other people who are hurt and who are stuck? It's dangerous to surround yourself with people who say the same things just like you. It can almost become like an echo chamber, and it's not healthy. When no one is confronting you in love or calling you out when things start to go sideways, that's a problem. And I know for me, if I get angry, if I get mad, I want other people to feel it too. I want everybody to come on over. Let's have a big old pity party. Get out the ice cream and let's just have, let's just be in company together in misery. It's true though. You know it. I've got a few practical steps from that passage too. So now what are we going to do about it? This is how we can start on the path of healing or change. And it's what spoke to me. Honestly, answer that question Jesus posed. Do you even want to get well? I just imagine him looking at me and saying it just like that. Do you even want to change? You've been here for 38 years doing the same old thing around the same old people. Are you sure that's what you want to do? For me, it sounded like, are you sure you want to say yes to God? Do you really want others to see your vulnerabilities as a leader? You really want to allow people to speak into your life and call you out when things are wonky? Are you sure, Holly? Like I said, it's so much easier to stay hurt, stay numb, stay safe inside those labels that we give ourselves. The second one, give up the excuses. Everybody's got one. The man at the pool. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. I can almost hear the whiny voice that I get sometimes or that I hear from my kids. But it's true. For me, it was just not wanting to change or do things differently. That's hard work. I didn't have time for that. Or someone might have seen me putting in the work and being vulnerable, and then they're going to think I'm weak. The third one, you've got to get up. You've got to be ready to be healed. I love the thought of Jesus laying down the hammer, dropping the mic, and saying, will you just get up? Will you stop making excuses about how you have no one to get you to the water to heal? Pick up your mat and go. It's time to stand up, put your chin up, and walk into the fullness of life that God has for you. Don't live your life with the label of unqualified or stuck or not good enough. The label can become your limitation and your identity. 
Your primary identity isn't what happened to you. It's not your biggest failure. And in fact, it honestly has nothing to do with you other than that you're a child of the king. My primary identity is that I am in Christ and he is in me. And if your primary identity isn't anything else, it's all wrong and it's time to be reset. The biggest takeaway from all of that I just mumbled about is don't stay stuck. Decide to get up and be healed. Yo, 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 mic check, one, two. (laughs) So some of you know me as Brie, but if you knew me back in the day, I was Deacon Bradley's daughter or Brother Leafus's daughter, or there goes Leafus' daughter over there. That's my dad. That's who got me in the church. That's who kept me um, believing in God, just watching him every day. Um, transforming to the man of God that he is today is what kept me and is what what makes me the woman that I am today is my father. So happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Here's a prayer for you. Dear loving Father, hear this prayer. I pray now for my dad. Thank you for his life. For without him, I would not exist. Thank you for the times when he cared for me and, and helped me. Thank you for the lessons learned by the examples and his mistakes. Oh, loving father, bless my dad, bless his soul. And for when dad fell, let him forgive him and love him as you love him. Through your spirit, heal all his wounds. Dear loving Lord, you are father to us all. Spread out your mercy over all fathers, daughters, and sons for the glory of your son, Jesus Christ, in his name. His holy name, amen. Um, And then a verse that I had, excuse me. Of course, I procrastinate and I didn't have this. <laughs> okay. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for God and not for disaster to give you a future and hope. What I got from that is, is that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. He always has. It wasn't um, to be the little shy, naive little girl that everybody thought I was. It wasn't to have that rest in you-know-what face. (laughs) It wasn't that girl. It wasn't for me to be her. It was for me to shine bright, you know. It was for me to bring others to God. It was for me to be a good mother to my children and bring them up. It was for me to outshine my past. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. They say I'm supposed to have a little bipolar, yeah, yeah, whatever. That stuff doesn't define me. It doesn't, it's just a label. I am a child of God. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I am everything that God says I am. And I'm not those things that they put on my head. I'm not any of the things that I have been through. I have overcame. I am am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror, and I am today healed and I am transformed. How do you stop yawning? 
There's a question I asked the other day, and I'm like, man, I'm just always yawning. And even me just saying the word yawn is going to make someone yawn, which makes another person yawn. So tiredness is contagious, right? Uh, or like, I've never, ever, I'm, I'm a dad, um, two kids, and I never figured out how to stop yawning. And uh, a lot of it is sleep. Um, but I can't say anything. I can't say anything. I'm the dad, so... Um, sorry guys, sorry. Those were pity, <laughs> pity laughs. Anyways, um, but for real, if you like can't stop spiritually yawning or if you can't, you just want to figure out how to find rest and, uh, catch up on that sleep spiritually, I got something for you at the end. So stay tuned. But first let me share this story and I've never shared this. I've never shared this before. Um, so just to set it up, I was born a family guy, born into a large family, and that's where I got part of my extrovertedness is from that. Um, so I always wanted and had this desire to get married, but I didn't want to, you know, do it just for the marriage. I didn't want to, to do it just for a status, and so I decided I'm going to follow God and continue following God. And then I'm just going to, you know, occasionally glance over here. And then if someone's here right next to me doing, you know, going the same way, then okay, awesome. <laughs> but I'm just going to go this way. And then um, I'd rather have God deliver that woman to me because that's going to be a better woman than one I choose. And he did. Her name is Rose. And many of you guys know her. Um, so anyways, mission accomplished, right? No. <laughs> so uh, after we got married... Uh, about a year and a half later, um, we, we had this talk of what would our kids look like or, you know, what would, how many kids would we have? And, you know, I was like, okay, let's do three kids uh, at max and then that's it. I don't think I can handle any more than that. So, but I want at least one of each, like a boy and girl. So if we have a boy and girl, then we'll just stop. Okay. So anyways, a year and a half later, we had Lyric. She was born, and she changed everything. So if you, if you guys are new dads right now, or if you can go back to that time and remember, or new parents in general, just remember that time when your first kid arrives. The one that you ordered is finally delivered. <laughs> I love ordering kids. <laughs> the delivery's rough. <laughs> How do you rate this delivery? Um, Anyways, lyrics changed everything for us. That's her name. And so we had a girl, and it's time. Okay, let's go on for a boy. So uh, a lot has happened, and I remember hearing lyrics heartbeat, and we got to our 12-week checkup for our boy, and I was just so excited because I remember that, that sound, if anybody knows that sound. Um, and I recorded lyrics just to, like, maybe one day I'll put this into a song or something. Well, there was no heartbeat. And we're like, it could be the machine or something. We're not going to freak out. Like, there could be anything. But turns out it wasn't. And that was devastating for us. And let me tell you, no words can ever describe what it's like to lose someone, no matter what, what level of life they are. No words can describe it. 
And so we could only do one thing, and that's rely on God when we buried baby Lane. And time goes on. When, when you feel like the world has stopped, the world just keeps going. A couple months later, about a couple months later, I was got pregnant again. We're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> they said this couldn't happen or whatever. And, um, anyways, found out that one didn't even make it five weeks. Just happened again. So, like, where do you go from here? If you're in a spot of, like, something similar to this, where do you go from here? The only place that we could think of was God's word. And not to sound cliche, but that is the words of God. And we know it as a fact. And so, Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 means so much to me. And I'm going to read this, of course. (laughs) Have you never heard and have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength and they'll soar high on wings like eagles. And they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint. Come on, guys. God is a redeemer. And I am celebrating that. And I know that that's always been the story and that's always will be the story of the Bible. In every single little thing in your life, in your story, it's always about redemption. And not only that, but the ultimate story where Jesus came and conquered all of our sin and made a way for us to be with him in heaven when we die and make a way and conquer that. that that's the biggest miracle of all. He is the redeemer. Jesus is the redeemer. So don't say that God can't heal you. Don't say that God you know, that he can't redeem you. And don't say that uh, whatever's going on, that he can't conquer it. Give it to God. If he can do that, and he can ultimately save us on this side of heaven, then believe me when I say that God's story has always been about redemption. So what makes your story different? got to open up my book here, otherwise I'll get lost in my own thoughts. Good morning, y'all. Happy Father's Day. I am Tim Phelps, and uh, I'm just going to give you a glimpse into my life. Uh, Divorced recently, brokenhearted, broken spirit, and a broken mind. I gave up on life. I went to a rehab mental health facility in California to work on me, to find me, and to look for a purpose. I had to find a purpose to keep living. I never lost a physical fight, but I lost the love of my life. And losing her, I thought I was gonna lose my children also. 
So what was the purpose to keep going? I tempted fate. I tried suicide. But uh, in California, you know, I got right in therapy. It felt right in my head. It felt right in my heart. Everything was mending. Then reality set in. I had to come back home. When I came home, you know, it was a real struggle. I faced problems. I had to find purpose again. I had to keep living. I had to find motivation. I no longer had the support. Then God worked his wonders into an awesome man that I work with. He took time for me. He prayed to me. He prayed over me. Then he invited me here. I have a purpose. I feel love again. I finally found God. I am forgiven for my faults, for my horrors, and for the wrongs that I've done. I heard this, I felt it, and I'm grateful that I never completed that unholy want of suicide. Romans 12:2 it says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. A walk without God and a love without Jesus, you are gonna fail. You will struggle, you will not succeed. Believe in God and love in Jesus and your life will be transformed now and forevermore. I have a quick reference story that a gentleman told me in California and it made sense. It's about a farmer, a horse, and a well. The farmer one day, he went looking for his horse, searching everywhere, trying to find him. Then he stumbled upon an old well and he looked down and seen that his horse was down at the bottom. Now mind you, this is just a farmer by himself and all he had was his horse. Well, he decided, I can't get that horse out, so I have to bury him. So day after day, the farmer threw dirt upon the horse. And day after day, the horse shook it off and stomped around and took the dirt off of his back and made a way out of the well. So the moral is, you know, no matter what life throws at you, no matter how much dirt you have piled on you, you can either stand there and let it bury you or you can shake it off and keep moving. And I'm glad that the man that found me, Dan Bray, took time out of our busy days to pray for me and to pray over me and invite me here. Because one of those times I was ready to give back up again. Because life is hard, it is a struggle. Nobody says it's gonna be easy. But you gotta keep moving forward. You gotta find purpose. And this purpose is God, and I'm glad that I'm here today. It's not very often I look up at people, but Tim, I look up to you, buddy. <laughs> Man, that was powerful. 
every one of your stories is so incredible. And it's amazing is every one of you have a story. And so today I'm just going to ask the question, what story does God want to write in your life? What's, what's the story of maybe driving a stake into your life and saying, I'm going to follow God hard, going after him? Or, or Tommy, like, hey, prayer works. Prayer changes life. Or Holly saying, hey, you got to get unstuck. And there's so many people are stuck, stuck in the wrong group of friends and stuck in the wrong voices and say, man, I'm going to move forward. Or Bree, come on, somebody. She is overcomer. <laughs> she preached out in the house. Man, that, that, that's what you got to do. You got to fight, you know, push forward. Jared, man, thank you for sharing that. So many people in those same situations. And God is the redeemer. So powerful, man. So, Tim, this guy, uh, I don't know if I can tell everybody. This week, he is struggling, man. I'm not worthy to share. Do you think Tim was worthy to share today? Come on, somebody. That's the ultimate story I think we kind of get today is that you are worthy to be used by God. And even more than that, there's people that don't know Jesus. See, every one of the thread that weaves through these stories is this came back to Jesus. This came back to Jesus. Just all built on Jesus. But there's a world of people who need that story. There's a world of people who need to know Jesus. And that's the opportunity we get. That's the mission we carry, that as we go, as we live, we're on mission to reach and care and love people to Jesus. So thank you for those people who invited these people and modeled what it is to follow Jesus. That's the, that's the honor we get in this side of eternity is to point people to heaven, to populate heaven, man, give them heaven today, right? And so I wanna just invite you to, to ask this question to yourself as I'm gonna lead you an invitation, but what's, what story does God want to write in your life? And I'll tell you this, it's not the story of being good enough. I don't think God's looking for you to be good enough. I don't think he's looking for you to be perfect enough. I don't think he's looking for you to, to make all the right choices, but he's looking for those of you that are willing today. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Not being the right person, have it all figured out, but willing to follow God with your life. Will you pray with me and bow your head and close your eyes? Father, come before you. God, I pray for those in this room that you're speaking to. God, you're speaking a story into life. You're putting a stake in their life. God, they're, they're jumping in the pool, God. They're not missing out. God, they're pushing forward. God, they're just shaking the dirt off. And so today, if that's you, and you say, no, I'm just willing to follow God. My life isn't perfect, but, man, I'm willing. Maybe a Jesus follower, but I'm willing to follow Jesus. God, just doing some of my life, man, I'm going to go all in today. I'm surrendering to Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand high in this place. Say, man, I'm just a surrender to Jesus. God, just speaking through these stories. Come on, put those hands in this place. Just testify to God. That's me today. I see your hands. Maybe I'll say, man, I'm all in for God today. Just stripping some things back. Father, you see the hands, you know the hearts. God, I pray that you just move in this place. God, thank you so much for these stories. God, it's really the story of you and your faithfulness. God, that you are a promise, that you never fail. You've always been faithful. And God, we can stake our lives on you. And so, God, I pray that as Jesus followers, we'd be all in for you, God. Make no mistake that your promises are true, God. We're faithful to you, God. We put the word down in front of us, and we know these are the words of God. This is a living word today. So, God, I pray that we'd build some confidence as Jesus followers, that we are overcomers, that we are fearless, that they're wonderfully made in you, God. So I pray for these words to soak into our hearts and souls. I pray for these stories to shape us. And I pray that we are proud to share our story because the story of what you've done in our life. I pray for one more group of people that's those of you that say, you know what, I need what they have today. I need Jesus. I've seen these stories. And I've been wrestling with something. I connected with something one of these speakers said today, and that's me. I'm on the other side of this, and I need what they have, and I need a relationship with God. 
And who is Jesus? Jesus, the sinless son of God. He came here 2,000 years ago because he loved you and he paid our penalty on the cross. He took every bit of our hell, every bit, every bit of our punishment on that cross and he chose to die for us so we can have a relationship with him. You can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to keep it. He laid it all down on the cross for us. Maybe the day you say, you know what, I need Jesus. He's gonna take all of your sin and separate as far as east is from the west and forgive you and give you new life and a new name and shape you and change you from the inside out. So that's you today and say, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need what these people have on this stage, just not because they're good or perfect, but because they know you. And so if you need Jesus today, without anybody looking around, we just raise your hand up and just say, I need Jesus today. God just speaking to me, I need the word of God. I need Jesus in my life to forgive me. Maybe you're online, that's you. If that's you, just pray his prayer. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. Thanks for dying on the cross for me. God, I pray that I would just surrender myself. God, it's not about me. I'm not running back to the, my old ways, my old things. God, I'm shaking off the dirt. God, you are powerful, God. You have resurrected from the dead for me. So God, I surrender my life to you. God, you can have it. And this is a story I'm sharing moving forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up for God. Give it for Jesus. Incredible. Would you guys give it up one more time for our six speakers? Come on, let them know you love them. So encouraging. Love you guys. Man, wasn't that powerful just hearing the stories of people like you and me? So oftentimes we show up at church and we expect to have this polished message. And, and, and that's good, you know, to hear the word of God brought by a man that's called. But it's also good to hear people that walk through life the way that we walk through life. And so, guys, I appreciate your story. And maybe today is the first day you've, you've made the next chapter of your story and it's following God. You're listening to what God's got for you. You made that decision to accept Jesus. You've prayed that prayer. And I want you guys to know whether you're online or with us in person, we are so excited for you because we can't wait to see the next step of transformation in your life. And that's you today. I've got a couple great next steps to get that transformation kicked off on the right path. Number one is let us know about your decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a team member just like these guys, a person that has been right where you're at. And they'll reach out to you over the phone. Their whole job is to make you feel comfortable, at home, loved, cared about, because we know that God cares about you and we care about you. Second thing is, is if you're with us in person, on your way out of the worship center, there's a red bag in the back. There's a Bible, and there's a link to some other great resources. It's just a great way to get started off on the right foot to find that transformation that God's called for you to have. So for everybody else, i got a couple great next steps for you as well. James talks about healing comes... And transformation comes in relationships. And here at Real Life, the best way to get into that is something called life groups. And we're in the middle of week three of life groups, but it is not too late to find your life group. There's 11 groups out there that'll find a time and a place of interest for you. We would love to have you come. If you're not a part of one, get signed up today. You can do that by going online or come out, check us out at the life group wall. We would love just to have you involved. Just have people that get around you and they care about you. They'll pray for you. They'll love you. And you won't regret being a part of one of these groups. So the other great thing is, is that Tim talked about this. They all did, but Tim really honed in on this. And God's got a purpose for you. And the best way to find that and to get connected here in life is come check out something called Crash Course. If you haven't been through it, it's the way we get you guys connected here at Real Life, get a part of our dream team. Come hang out at Pastor Sean and Diane's house next week from 2 to 4.30. And you get to go through this Crash Course. You get to know God. Know God. You'll find freedom. You discover that purpose that Tim talked about. And when you do that, you can make a difference. Because through that transformation, man, God has called to give you something. And you talk about being worthy. And God has a star role for you to play in his kingdom. So come hang out with us. You could get signed up today. We would love to have you at Crash Course next week. 
The other update I want to give you is this, man. Hope Center is kicking it. These guys that are just tearing it up up there, they are so close. They're getting ready to knock out painting. So God is doing a big work there. And even though we're just building walls, we're going to turn it into a home for God to transform this city. And people are going to look at the Hope Center as like, that's the spot where God got a hold of my heart. So your guys' generosity is creating a path for hope to have, for people to have right here in this community. So thank you for what you guys have done. And I continue to encourage you to have that generosity uh, for the Hope Center, for real life, for what God's doing right here. If you're new, I want you guys to know that this isn't for you. This, we don't want anything from you. We want something for you. So this gathering is our gift to you. Thank you so much for being here. In fact, we'd love to hang out and hear your story at the New Here booth. But if you do call Real Life Home and you, you want to continue to just use your generosity just to extend hope to God's world, you can still do that in three ways here at Real Life. The first one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use a cash or check, there's going to be buckets that pass in a minute or there's a giving box at the back. Also, as the buckets pass, if you or your family find yourself in immediate need of food, clothing, or shelter, please feel free uh, to reach in and see any loose cash you've got to help your family in this time of need. Hey, take a quick second, check out this video. At the movies promo, take one, Mark. Hey, guess what, real life? It is that time. It's coming up next Sunday at the movies is here. You guys liking my old school mic from Price is Right? Well, guess what? It's a prop because it's at the movies. And so next Sunday, I'm excited for you guys to invite some people out that would never normally go to church. There's so many of you that showed up last year that you got a little piece of the, of the at the movies maybe online and drove here and you're still here connecting. And over the years, this has been one of those series they would invite people to that would really never come on a normal Sunday. We're taking popular movies. We're starting out with American Underdog next week. You never guess uh, what this hat represents the week after that. And uh, we got all sorts of movies. I will say Top Gun is coming. I don't want to be a spoiler for you. It's the last week, uh, but we're excited to see what God's going to do. So I would encourage you to grab a card. You'll see it on your seat. Invite somebody, man, that maybe just never would give God a chance normally, but we're going to take redemptive themes from all these movies, and uh, that's why we do this. Uh, we put all this on because we want to see your friends, your family, just get connected to God and grow close to God. Uh, it's one of those series. We pass out popcorn. We got photo booth. We got all sorts of fun stuff. So I encourage you, come on out. Bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. Next Sunday kicks off 9.30 and 11. Love to see you there. for at the movies next week man i always love this series it's gonna be great do not come alone start to invite your friends and family grab those cards that pastor saw us talk about photo booth candy popcorn man it is going to be a great time so we can't wait to hang out with you guys there uh if you guys need prayer for any reason we will uh, have somebody up here to pray with you come on hang out with us don't miss out the donuts on the way out so at the movies next week 9 30 or 11 and as always remember whoever finds jesus discovers real life and purpose see you next week Woo!